It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the show. JT in Vegas here. Did not go to New Orleans. Looking back, I won't touch that one, but the Raider fans who went, if you went to the game and you're a back, you could tell us about that. And let's get into it, what happened in that game, as we got some sound bites to play. The calls are coming in, and we want to hear from you. And the disappointment on the aftermath, sitting here on a Monday. I'm shocked. I'm not shocked that they lost. As I told you, I thought on the New Orleans and Jacksonville trip, they'd probably go one and one. They They were losing to the Texans until the fourth quarter at home. But I thought the momentum of 21 unanswered against Houston at home would have given them the momentum. And then the injury report. When I saw the injury report, no Lattimore, you know, no Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, the players that were missing, and knowing that they gave up a lot of points and Andy Dalton was playing quarterback, I said to myself, this is a game the Raiders should win. And Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen wanted that game so bad, and you can understand why. I told you last week I was on the trip where he got fired in London. I hosted the Coach's Show with Dennis Allen back in the day. And back then, we didn't do it every week on radio like we do it with Coach McDaniels. But I sat down with him four or five times a season up in Alameda at Silver and Black Productions. And again, that's, that was my correspondent. He'd come in. He'd have a suit on. I'd say hi. We'd go over the game, shake hands. He'd leave. Fine with me. I knew he was a good defensive coach at the time. But the problem is he wasn't a great head coach. And Josh McDaniels is getting compared to what he did initially in Denver, which was 12 years ago, and now he's coming back. So Vinny Bonsignor, who's in Sarasota, and we have Vinny coming up later in the week, uh, Vinny put out the fact that he was in contact with Mark Davis, the owner of the team. I was with Mark last weekend at Charles Woodson's event here, and uh, Vinny put out, and this is on Vinny, uh, putting this out a little while ago on what's happening. Vinny tweeted out an hour ago just to clear Anything up after some reports surfaced today? This is from Raiders owner Mark Davis. Quote, Josh McDaniels is our head coach and will be here for years to come. They have a plan in place, and the plan is not off to a good start. I know the plan. I knew the Gruden Mayock plan. I knew the Reggie Jack Del Rio plan. Everybody has a plan. This plan is an interesting plan. I think it's the only thing that I bring to you that I think that I'm aware of that you need to know more of. The plan. It doesn't mean the plan's working. I've been a longtime fan of Facebook and the stock and all those years. It's bludgeoned from 384 down another 6 today to 92. Mark Zuckerberg has a plan for the metaverse. Well, all of a sudden, the stock is now down 70% because people don't believe in the plan for the metaverse. Elon Musk, who owns Tesla, had a plan for SpaceX and rockets. He just bought Twitter. You think Elon Musk has a plan? He's all over the place. But he's the richest man in the world with Bezos. They have a plan. So the SpaceX is working well. All of a sudden, the car portion of the company is down 50%. And then he buys Twitter for $44 billion and maybe wants to charge you 20 bucks a month. 
Everybody's looking around. Look at think of the plans I just gave you. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, two of the richest men in the world. Mark Zuckerberg's plan, which is really good with Instagram, Facebook, had the most interactives in the history of Facebook, and the stock's down 70%. Why? His plan. Plans to build the metaverse. All the stockholders are going, what? <laughs> my, my 401k's down uh, 80% because you want to build goggles? That's his plan. The plan here for the Raiders is to elevate the organization on the football side of the building with scouts, coaches, elevate the team. Like, think about it like an airplane. An airplane takes off, okay? Airplane's at 1,000 feet, gets to 5,000. Eventually, it gets to 35,000 feet. Mark Davis, initial plan is Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels to get the plane up to 35,000 feet where it stays there, and the team is winning multiple championships and is there for a long time, and there aren't any dips where the plane goes from 35,000 feet to 10, and you feel like you're going to come out of the chair. Well... That's a fair plan. That's the plan. It's not working this year with the wins and losses. It's not. Everybody knows it. Coach said, blame it on me. Blame it on me. It's not working out. Now, why isn't it working out? Well, you could talk about injuries. You could talk about tearing down the roster. You could talk about who they paid. Wait till that topic gets going. You want a damn good topic for sports radio that some people are going to have to do from January to August is about the players who got paid and got the bag and haven't lived up to anywhere near the money. That's a hell of a topic coming. But there's plenty of football left. And the football that was supposed to be played in New Orleans was so bad, it was atrocious. And that's the only thing that we didn't expect. We didn't expect a guarantee that they'd win the game, but we expected that they'd play passionate, motivated football, they'd execute, and they'd be well-coached. And they failed at every level. They failed at every level in that quest to be better. And that's why the Raiders are in this predicament now. And a a lot of the league is is a mess. Man, I mean, we're we're living in this Raiders bubble. A lot of the league is really bad off now. There are teams that are, are a mess right now, but the Raiders are lumped into it for the right reason because of their schedule and what their record is. You are what your record is, and the Raiders' schedule right now is the winnable part. This is the winnable part of the schedule, and they can't get any momentum going. No momentum. They had a little bit of it in the fourth quarter, a little bit of it, and now they're 2-5, and five, and they're 0-4 on the road. They haven't taken the plane off since the preseason and won a game on the road here, and now they're doing an extended road trip. So that means that they got to do a lot of things, important things coming up here under desperate circumstances. Tell my wife last night when I finished my second show, I did the post-game show at the end, then I came home and I was on from 8 to 11 for my Sunday night show that I really enjoy. My Sunday night show, I do it because it's like getting ahead of the week, and it's Sunday night, I got nothing else to do, and it's the end of football games. So I do a three-hour show last night, and I'm talking about all these other teams. You know, Zach Wilson and the Jets meltdown. You know, Kyler Murray, uh, the Lions are 1-6. and six. You know, the Bears are 3-5. and five. The Panthers, you saw what happened in that Panthers game? They win the game. A player takes his helmet off. They get a 15-yard penalty. They miss the extra point. They end up losing the game. The Jaguars were awful, absolutely god-awful in London. So there's a lot of teams. The Buccaneers have lost four out of five, first time ever in Brady's career. And then Aaron Rodgers loses again last night. So there's a lot of carnage in the NFL. The Rams can't beat the Niners once out of every seven or eight games, right? So there's a lot of carnage there. 
the Raiders don't need to be in that situation. They are a better team than their record, and that was the spin. If you're ever going to say, well, JT, you really like to spin it, man. Like, JT, why don't you just go into the facility with two cans of kerosene and, and, and light a palm tree on fire and get fired? That'll be good. Be good for you. Wouldn't be good for me and my wife and my kids in college. But when you look at this situation now, you can no longer say it needs to be banned from the radio. Ban it from every other show. We can no longer say we're close. That's what died in New Orleans. That's what died in New Orleans. I don't want to hear it anymore. We're close. Derek Carr's famous line, we're close. We're almost there. We're close. No, you're not. Couldn't get the ball to the 50-yard line. Couldn't get it to the 50. So you're not close. You're not close to anything. You got shut out. Shut out and weren't competitive. This is what, like, Bishop Gorman does in the first round of a playoff where they beat some school that barely has enough players to form a JV team, and Bishop Gorman ends up winning 72 to nothing. That's what happened there. They got annihilated, and that has to stop. That shouldn't happen with this coaching staff. That shouldn't happen with these players, and it shouldn't happen with the players that Mark Davis agreed to pay all this money. They got to be available and play, and they got to play well. They got to be healthy, available to play. They got to do their job. They got to win games and earn their money. That was not the case in New Orleans. We begin with some of the sound bites from the game. I thought the key was Alvin Kamara. The Raiders made no indication, none, with their scheme, their personnel, anything that they were going to put a hat on this guy the whole day. Dalton's under center, second and goal from the Raiders. Three right hash. Snap. Hand off to Kamara. Cuts it back inside. Reaches the ball across. Touchdown, New Orleans. Alvin Kamara tried the right side of the line before cutting it back towards the middle. He picked up three and got just over the goal line. And the Saints take a 6-0 lead with 132 to go in the first. That wasn't bad. 6-0, 132 to go in the first. 6-0. Okay, they get the extra point at 7 nothing. You, know, you look at the end of the first quarter and you say to yourself, man, you know, the Raiders don't look good. They don't look right. Where's their energy? It's 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter with the Raiders getting the ball back and the Raiders couldn't do anything. I thought it was a desperate move. I'm not a big fan of the fake punt. It's, it's great when it works, but when it doesn't work, it sounds like this. It's a fake punt for the Raiders. Trying out to the right, and the Saints have none of it. The snap went to the up man, Matthias Farley, who was racing out to the right. Now he was brought down at the 41. There is a flag down in the backfield. And it's going to go against the Saints. Dennis Allen is waving his arms to decline this penalty. It's going to go against Raiders. Raiders. The runner was short of the line again. Personal foul, shot block on the offense. That 15-yard penalty will be enforced from the dead ball spot. First down. Really? A fake punt and then a 15-yard dead ball foul on a chop block? What's going on there? And that is a disaster. Uh, That is just a terrible play executed to the worst possible degree. That happened in the game. That really hurt. Uh, Derek didn't have a lot of time to throw. Whenever, whenever Derek plays a really bad game, it's normally not his fault completely. Normally the offensive line had something to do with it. Here's Derek's interception. Cars out of the gun. Raises his leg. Snap. Play action. Looking left. Oh, throws it over the middle. Almost intercepted. It's bobbled. It's batted. And it's picked off. Pete Warner battling up in the air. And Tyron Matthew on the third deflection. Dove to the turf and grabbed it on the Raiders 45. Yeah, that was a great play there. Werner's having a hell of a year. Josh McDaniels told me that in our meeting this week, and that was a guy who made a play. He made play. The Raiders didn't make any plays. I mean, none. 
They make any plays, and a whole bunch of guys on New Orleans made some great plays in the game. Uh, this was the play that concerns me the most on Kamara's 36-yard touchdown when no one seemed to want to tackle him. No one wanted a piece of him. Dalton takes the snap, walking left, dumps it over the middle. Camaro wide open, 30, 20, 15, 10 with speed, angling towards the end zone. Touchdown, Camaro! Out of the backfield, the same play again. And Alvin Kamara this time for 36 yards takes it to the house. Yeah, Kamara had a monster game, as you all know there. Kamara, as a receiver, as a receiver, was incredible. I mean, he had nine receptions for 96 yards, nine and two touchdowns as a receiver. And the best receiver in the world on planet Earth was Devontae, and Devontae didn't even show up in the box score. One reception for three yards, five targets. How was Alvin Kamara targeted 10 times and Devontae Adams five? How is Mac Hollins and Foster Moreau targeted more than Devontae Adams? Anybody want to answer that question? How does Mac Hollins have eight targets and Devontae Adams five? I don't get it. And you could say he had a rookie on him, Devontae. So don't tell me about a double team. Devontae should have ate him up and shredded him. I just don't think Derek had enough time to go to him. That seems to be the reasoning that we're getting out of this. And then wrapping up this game again, the Raiders really had no chance to come back in the game. New Orleans was just keying, teeing off on number four. Raiders have it on their own 44, working right to left. Or under center, motion man is Hollins. Back to throw, pressure off the edge, steps up in the pocket, and he's driven back by Onyemata. He stepped up right into the defensive tackle who broke through. Davenport had pressure off of the right side, and he drove him right back into Onyemata. So Carr and the Raiders facing a second and 18, down 24-0, nine and a half to go third quarter. Snap to Carr, Saints bring four, eyes the field. Escapes the pocket. Now takes up towards the middle, and again he's collided. Ball is out Ball of the 30. Kentavious Street sandwiched him right into Peyton Turner. Back-to-back sacks for the Saints defense. That was the first time in my career, my entire career, we played two sacks back-to-back, and it was the same piece of audio. Normally the editors and the producers break it up. You got one or the other you could play. We played two for one. In that audio. I've never done that before. I don't recall ever doing that. Because that that really proves the point on how difficult of a day it was for Derek and the offensive line that couldn't get anything going. After the game, Josh McDaniels meeting the media. Uh, First off, let's talk about his opening statement because as he was meeting with Mark Davis, the owner, the media was waiting for this. Obviously, that wasn't good enough in any way, shape, or form. Um, And that's my responsibility. So... um, uh, I have to do a much better job of getting ourselves ready to go here. Um, that's that's we're better than that, and uh, you know I apologize to Raider Nation for for that performance. And uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's that's my responsibility. So we have to do much better, obviously, uh, in in every phase of the game uh, to be able to compete with a team like that, who's well coached, has good players. Uh, they obviously came ready to play and um, and did a much better job than we did. So. Starts with me, and uh, we're going to work hard, and we're going to fix it. Yep, we're going to fix it. He said, it starts with me, we're going to fix it. He didn't say, it starts with me, we're going to try to fix it. Okay, I give this coach credit. He got hammered at that press conference. He did. That's his job. That's his job. He's got to take the pain, as we said, and he was able to do it there. It doesn't make it any easier, 
We talked about the human side of him, being a human being, his kids playing football back east, everything he's dealing with. Raider fans don't care. Raider fans want wins. He owned it at the press conference the way you're supposed to. I just think the coach was kind of in shock because he didn't think he'd get shut out 24 to nothing, and they wouldn't be able to get the ball past midfield until the backup quarterback came in. More from Josh McDaniels in New Orleans on if the team was prepared to play the Saints, who clearly were the better team. Clearly, we did the performance doesn't represent that, um, you know, but I, it doesn't matter what I say now about our week of practice or anything like that. Like I said, I'm responsible for it, and, you know, uh, I have to do a better job of getting us better prepared uh, if that's the best we can do. Yeah, that wasn't good enough. He didn't have him prepared. Again, coach taking ownership. A coach taking ownership, I think, more than the players, at least this week. I think so. And I'm pretty good at this. I, I get all the sound and hear all this. I think that the coach is taking a lot of heat, and a lot of fans are on top of the coach. That's what happened as Josh McDaniels in New Orleans talked about everything that went wrong. I would say there was probably a, a litany of things. Um, you know, I, I think the penalty situation, you know, obviously we've – we tried to steer clear of that uh, this year, and you know that didn't really help us falling behind the sticks. You know, I'd say half the drives it felt like we were trying to dig out of first and twenty or second and long. Um, you know, they they mixed their coverages up pretty well. Uh, they got some pressure on our passer. Uh, so I think you know until I see everything you know on the film, it'd be hard to pinpoint one area, but. When you pass the ball well, it's usually a function of a lot of people doing their jobs right. And uh, when when you don't, it doesn't take many things to go wrong to, to hurt that. So uh, we're going to need to uh, protect well, read the coverage right, run good routes, finish throws and catches. I mean, that's what it takes against a good defense. And, and they challenged us today. Uh, they, they played some tight coverage. It wasn't all just, you know, zone or cover two or anything like that. They mixed it up pretty well on us. Um, and, and the most important thing they had was control of the game. They got control of the game. And when you get control of the game, uh, then you can pretty much call whatever you want on your side. And, and the other side is kind of, you know, uh, you're, you're defending a lot of different things. And that's what it felt like we were doing today. Yeah, that was a long one. And I wanted to play that because he, he said at the end, it looked like we were de- uh, defending a whole bunch of different things. And I think this is really the most important soundbite on how they were outcoached so badly on Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara's had his problems off the field in Vegas. We know the name. Uh, he's a player when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy. He's the type of player when he's on the field, you have to account for him. Here's what Coach said about that. He's a good player. Um, you know, I mean, we mix zone, man, different things. I mean, he, he did some pretty slick things there to get open. Um, you know, he's a point of attack guy for him. Uh, clearly, we again, we didn't do a good enough job uh, with him, or we didn't do a good enough, enough job tackling either. I don't think you know when he had the ball in space, um, but you know tried to play. You know I thought competitive in the running game until it just got out of hand there late in the game, and um, I thought we were that. But you know just too many opportunities for him in space. When that happens, you know he's eventually going to make some big yards, and that's what he did. Ask yourself this, Raider Nation: How did the Raiders do guarding and tackling Kyla Murray and Alvin Kamara? What do they have in common? They're short, undersized, fast players that have multiple moves. And the Raiders can't defend those players. They just can't. They don't have the athletes. They don't have the skill set. Other than Max Crosby, who was supposed to be Chandler Jones. He hasn't played at any level this year. But other than that, who on this defense can tackle these guys when they're coming at you and they haven't even moved their head yet or their hips? 
Raiders couldn't tackle Kyler Murray in one play that took 20 seconds, and Alvin Kamara was running free all day. Clearly, Dave Ziegler will go out and find players who can make those plays in the future because they don't exist on the Raider roster. I mean, Perryman can tackle in space, and he's, he's a good sideline-to-sideline guy. But the rest of them, it's too big of a challenge for them to tackle these elusive fast runners. You know, there's guys like Christian McCaffrey who threw a touchdown yesterday. Alvin Kamara had three. There are backs in this league that are special. Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs for the last three games coming into this game. There are some players who can get it done. And the Raiders struggle tackling those players. Those are fundamentally tackling deficiencies, and it's really shining a light on where the Raiders are right now as a team. All right, Evan in Marietta, California. Thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Appreciate the time. Uh, a couple things. Uh, I appreciate what Mark Davis said, and we can't get, uh, you know, we have to stick with Coach. Uh, two of the worst losses in seven games is tough to take, but mm. we just got to stick with them. And like you said, we're going to see how the, how what the response is, how and what the response is. A couple things. On coaching, I look at XOs decision-making, and can you get your team fired to play for 17 days out of the year, just 17 days? Right now, Josh is 0 for 3, but he's young. I have hope, and I think he can overcome that. So, I, you know, as a Raider fan, you got to stick with your team through thick and thin. There's a lot of thin right now, but we're going to stick with them. So he's got to figure out those areas, and I know he's got XOs. I know he's got decision-making. He just has to do a better job. He's lost two games he should have won because of those two areas. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, on Derek Carr. Spent 30 years in the Army, retired. Uh, leaders have to go confront people, have to go into the danger zone, have to get make people uncomfortable. Derek Carr is a great guy. He wants to be a pastor. He's an above-average NFL quarterback, a great guy, but he's not a leader. And great quarterbacks are great leaders. Until he decides to confront people, get in their faces, and go into the danger zone, he will never be a great quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback and a great guy. But he has to be able to confront people. And my example is the Chiefs game when we stepped on the uh, uh, their logo and he said, mm. I wanted to support my teammates. No, your job as a leader is to keep your teammates from doing something stupid, not support your team. He's got to be a leader. He's got to grow in that area. I appreciate the time. Love your show. Love your take. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate your opinions on that. You know, I don't know what Derek does in the locker room. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what he does in the team meetings there but uh for Derek Derek struggled really bad yesterday and you could see it with his body language on the bench and that's as, that's about as far as I'll go with that I don't I never played in the NFL as you know I'm not a coach so I'm not going to question a man's character because I think Derek's got the highest character of maybe anybody I've met in football I mean, he's got a very high character skill set in regards to his faith his family and his work ethic I mean he works his ass off but there's something that happens in these games at times where he doesn't show any emotion. I'm not exaggerating. They're saying that on every TV channel today, FS1, ESPN. All of them are saying this. They're criticizing his body language and his ability to motivate in-game. So what's the answer? Breaking a tablet like Brady? Or Brady getting up and going up and down the bench. Peyton Manning getting up, going up and down the bench. You've seen it a thousand times on NFL films. You know, I talked to a Raider, great alumni earlier today. And uh, that was something that they brought up about the whole team. Uh, The individual told me, quote, I wish they wouldn't put the camera on the team on the bench. I said, what? He said, yeah, I wish I didn't have to look at the bench during the games. I can tell you instantly what the score is. Wow. Okay, 
That's from a former football player that wanted to be off the show, so I respect that. But I'm telling you the truth. The body language and the image of the team when they're trailing is not good. Sometimes they mic up the right player. They mic up Perryman. They mic up Nate Hobbs, who, by the way, Nate Hobbs isn't playing. They mic up Mad Max, and they're, they're there. They're going crazy. Maybe that's something I'd do to fix this thing. I'd pretend to mic up like eight of the players. I'd go and I'd go under their jersey and I'd say, hey, we're putting a mic on you for the game, and don't put a mic on them. Just let them think they're being mic'd up so they'll look for the camera and they'll get crazy. And they'll be a little bit loud and they'll be up and they won't be sitting. They'll be standing on the sideline rooting their teammates on, pushing their teammates to excel and do better. I didn't see any of that in New Orleans, but I wasn't behind the bench. I wasn't at the game. Ellie in Vegas, you're up next. Thanks for calling on 920. Thanks, JT. Love the show, man. All right, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to talk about Derek Carr. When I look at him in the games, and I, I'm not a Carr lover or hater, but when I used to see Montana and Brady and, and Rodgers and Peyton Manning, you see intensity in their face. I'm sure I'm, I'm only watching it from a television uh, TV, but he, he looks almost worried to me. He doesn't exude confidence. And yesterday... He was throwing behind the runners, uh, uh, wide receivers, throwing over their head, throwing in front of them. He just wasn't in sync with anybody yesterday. And I know part of it is the O-line, but I think a lot of it is just Derek doesn't seem to have the confidence that we needed a leader. Yeah, you you know, I think it's interesting you make an interesting point on some of the throws. Some of the throws are so difficult for the receivers, and they don't have to be. They don't have to be on the sideline where not only do you have to toe-tap, but you got to go up and get the ball, right? So you have to go up and jump for the ball so high like Matt Collins. Even if you catch it, it shouldn't be right on the sideline. You should be two or three yards in the sideline. It's not going to make much of a difference. You're throwing a high ball to Matt Collins, but if he catches it, he might end up out of bounds. I think that's an issue here. Where are the easy throws? Where are the Hunter Renfro five-yard Julian Edelman five-yard in route, eight-yard out route? that all the time we watched the Patriot game, those were open. I don't know. Renfro's a really big concern for me, Hunter, on what is going on with Hunter. He was concussed for two games, and uh, thanks for the call. He was concussed for a couple of games, and now you have to wonder why coming out of the concussions, where is the burst from Hunter Renfro, or is Hunter open, but Derek's not just finding him? I mean, I'm just talking basics, man. I'm talking putting Hunter right, Devontae left, and having him run crossing routes. Cause some chaos over the middle of the field. And for that to happen, Derek's going to have to extend the play, and the offensive line's going to have to pass protect. Man, were they bad yesterday. Holy cow. The pass protecting compared to the run blocking of Josh Jacobs? I can't tell you how much film I looked at Josh Jacobs over the last three weeks. No, No one was near him. Guys were blowing open holes, and now they had a pass protect, and I really think they failed in the worst way possible. They were really bad in pass protection, and I think that's the weakness of the team. They rolled the dice. You know, they cut Leatherwood, traded Leatherwood, and then after that, Leatherwood was cut, gone, and you look after that, they didn't have the players to do it. So they looked okay the last couple of games. They looked okay, and they came out of it, and even Colton Miller didn't look good. Colton's had a couple of bad games this year, the Charger game and the Saints game. You don't go to the Pro Bowl if you have games like this. The rest of Colton's play is pretty high, but there's enough tape on Colton this year getting blasted, and that New Orleans tape is not pretty to look at. Uh, Lester is in the Bay Area today on the Raider flagship. Hello, Lester. 
Yeah, JT, it's just inexcusable. Uh, you know, why Why did this, the coaches and the team, you know, they shouldn't even got off the plane. They should have just went straight to Florida, you know. So it, it, that showing was absolutely ridiculous, and it's inexcusable. I don't understand how Josh McDaniels has been in this league a long time. He's won a lot of football games, and I hope just, you know, he didn't win games just because of Belichick and Brady. But you can't, you know, get the ball in space to Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro at all the whole game. I mean, it's just – it's unbelievable. I get it that we have offensive line problems. I get it that our pass protection is not very good when it comes to intermediate and deep routes. But you have to adjust. You have to get some quick stuff out. You have to roll Derek Carr out. There's a lot of you got to do screens. And I don't I don't understand what's going on uh, right now. Uh, uh, is this going to be a full rebuild? Was this a bait and switch by Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler, and Josh McDaniels? I mean, I thought this team was going to be at least competitive and mm-hmm. maybe improve as the season went on, and maybe they might. Right. But, you know, you, you replace because you think that Josh McDaniels is more offensive guru type of guy that could take our offense to the next level. At least we could score points on a consistent basis, touchdowns instead of field goals, right? That's what hasn't happened. And, you know, and I don't understand his, the, the decisions that he makes in some of these games, JT. I mean, why are you going for a fake punt in the, middle of the, in the, in the beginning of the game? I don't get it. Why, why are you running a jet sweep when you have Josh Jacobs who's running the best he has in his entire career? To get one yard because they Why don't think you? because that's yeah. a good that's a fair question. Uh, let me stop you there yeah. for a second. The I think a really big game changing play was the stop in Kansas City on the two point conversion when other teams believe yeah. they can stuff the box against Josh Jacobs, and for three games he was breaking tackles. But you're talking about. You know, why was Russell Wilson throwing the ball in the Super Bowl against Belichick? Because Belichick stuffed the box at the one-yard line on Marshawn Lynch, and he was going to have to go through him, and they weren't confident with that. I agree with you. On third and one, I would run Josh Jacobs twice. So that's third and one and fourth and one. But you got to you got to expect that the defensive tackles, the linebackers, are on the line of scrimmage. So you're basically running into a wall, and you got to have you got to have confidence that your offensive line can move the pile. And I don't think the Raiders do. I think they think they can block from time to time. But when push comes to shove, they feel they have to get gimmicky because they don't think the offensive line from the center to the guards are good enough to win the line of scrimmage. I mean, he goes for an unnecessary two-point conversion against KC. Unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're then, and then in that KC game, third and one, fourth and one, you're going for a bomb again, right? Just mm-hmm. convert the first down. Okay. And then earlier in the season against Denver. You give up field position, you go for an onside kick unnecessarily. That didn't make any sense. That, and that led to a Denver score unnecessarily, which could cost you the game. Those little things add up when it yeah. comes to then You're putting your defense in a bad spot when they're not very good anyway. So you're making it harder on them to, to hold the opposing teams to points. Points are critical. You, gotta play, you can't try and force things, man. You can't try and force things when it comes to this guy, Josh McDaniels. He's trying to be cute when he shouldn't be cute. Okay, and then, and then his playbook and Graham's playbook probably are way overcomplicated. I mean, these guys should all be on the same page by now. Okay, mm-hmm. granted, if this playbook's too overcomplicated or whatever it is, then you've got to make adjustments to not make it complicated for these guys. Okay, they've mm-hmm. had a whole preseason, half the season, and a bye week to get this together. Hey, the next, this month, JT, you know it, this, the, the whole, these teams that they have by all rights, they should be beating these teams in, the, in this month. Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Denver again, and then they're playing some other team that's not very good indianapolis colts this is going to this is going to determine the season and whether or not this team has any pride okay all these games coming up in november does this team have any pride or they're going to quit let's see what happens wow good phone call there's not a lot i can debate you on that issue 
I would agree with you. These are pride games. I think if they beat New Orleans and lost to Jacksonville or won two in a row, you wouldn't have that pride question. You have the pride question and how much is left with this team and certain players because they could check out. They could check out. And from Derek Carr to Josh McDaniels to everybody involved that I know are not going to check out. They're going to put their head down and work harder. They're going to work much harder. I don't think practice – There's been there was one part of the season where practice was a bit of an issue going into Tennessee. They benched a couple offensive linemen. Everything I've heard from being in the building – I'm in the building most of the time. If I'm not at practice, I'm there interviewing the coach. You don't hear a lot about, oh, my God, they were terrible at practice today. You just don't. Look at all the content providers. Deshaun, Vic, Vinny, Q, everybody's at practice every day. And that's only the media portion of it. But you don't hear a lot of gossip and rumblings that they don't practice well. What you hear with them is their dedication on game day when push comes to shove and there's adversity. They don't react well to adversity during the games. They don't. Every game, it's whatever could go wrong goes wrong. Nothing's easy. Nothing's smooth. Nothing goes along to plan. And I think a lot of that has to do with the opponent and the other coaches on the sideline. But the caller was fantastic. He said, this is going to show who has pride on this team going forward. And that's a really big, important aspect of this organization. That right there is embarrassing, and that should never happen, especially with the group of guys in that locker room. You know, it, it sucks that we went through it. It happened. They, you give them credit. Great defense, great scheme. VA did a great job. Their players played hard. They did a great job. And so got to take a look at ourselves, though, and really check, see how we want to go into this next game. It's Derek Carr, and uh, we've heard that before from Derek, and he says it at the right time. You know, he's got to say it at the right time. When there's an embarrassing loss, I was there when Derek started off his career 0-10. I was there with my son when he broke his ankle. I was there for Derek's big victories against Kansas City. I've been there for Derek's big moments and the Rocky ones. I've been there for that. Okay, I understand that. But the losing here has to stop, and Derek can only do so much. So Derek should not be losing football games to teams that have several players that are injured, led by Andy Dalton. Okay, so that's it. That's about as far as I'll go with Derek Carr. Derek Carr cannot be losing football games where Jarvis Landry, Lattimore isn't playing, Michael Thomas isn't playing, and we're sitting here and he's going up against Andy Dalton or Trevor Lawrence or go down the list. He can't afford to lose games like that. He has a legacy. I think it's a strong legacy. He's been a hardcore die-hard, passionate believer in this organization, and he's been through a ton. Coaches, GMs, the turnover has been constant as the Raiders are trying to get it right. They're trying to make the organization better. A lot of things have swung back against them. Okay, really went against them. Again, the Gruden emails, Henry Ruggs, go down the list, bad draft picks and all that. They're not trying to do that on purpose. They're trying to right the ship. But when it goes south or it's going this way, it's the responsibility of the franchise quarterback to turn it around and put the team on his back. Jalen Hurts is a young player in this league, never considered to be a talent at the level of Derek Carr. He's undefeated. Cooper Rush was winning games. Derek's got to win more games. And the only way he's going to win more games is he's got to put the team on his back. It's unfortunate. 
I wish he had Gene, you know, Upshaw and Archell or Jim Otto and Ted Hendricks on defense and Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes. He doesn't, but he's got to play at a high level. He's never had the talent of Rich Gannon. He has not had the talent of Ken Stabler. He has not had the talent of George Blanda on his teams. He hasn't. I know that. But he's got to play big and big games. And this was a game where the team didn't show up. He's the absolute leader of the team. He's got to see on his jersey. He's the captain. He's got to figure it out in game. Not after the game and say, you know, this shouldn't happen. It's got to be figured out between the first and second quarter if there's a chance. Maybe there was no chance yesterday. Maybe there was no chance yesterday that that was going to get cleaned up, and it was one of those games. And look, Coach McDaniel said that. I'm going to interview him on Thursday, that you know you have one or two of these games in your entire career. One or two in your entire career that you play at this level that you just, hey, it happens, you get boat raced, you bury the tape, you burn the tape, and you move on to the next one. Well, that's sure as hell where the Raiders are in Sarasota today at IMG. Uh, Jared in Vegas. Jared, thanks for waiting. We appreciate it. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, JT. I appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I don't think that this is, this is a case where you burn the tape. I think mm-hmm. you've got to, you got to own this. We all, as fans, I don't know about, I know most of the fans, just like I did, I watched it to the bitter end. I owned it. I swallowed that horrible, mm-hmm. disgusting pill. And they put all that on tape. They put that on film. Mm-hmm. This has been, you know, with the exception of a couple of good games, an abject failure of a season. We came in with the expectation of playoffs. Now, I get it. We, uh, As Raider fans, we, we, we might have been pumping our chest up and thinking Super Bowl, but at the minimum, we thought we could contend for that playoffs. And now we are talking about do we are we going to be playing for pride we're gonna we're talking about playing for pride jt mm-hmm. are you are you blanking kidding me like seriously this has been one of the biggest failures that i've seen in a long time and the reason why i say in a long time is because expectations are what set the level if we didn't have expectations if we would have came in feeling like we were the the detroit lions then maybe yesterday would be something that's understandable yeah we can burn that tape and move on and and try to get better but we're not we weren't that team we aren't that they aren't that team Mm -hmm. Uh, we i don't play for them they aren't that team we they were billed as having talent i don't see much talent i know we have it i know it's supposed to be there but jt where is it at I mean, yeah, I would I would I agree mean, with a lot we, of we what make, you're saying. We make, we make Andy we make Andy Dalton and every quarterback like him, better than him, worse than him, mm. look unbeatable. He they all start off thirteen for thirteen. This defense is a failure. The offense is a failure. This season is a failure. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go that far yet. I think the season is not going to live up to expectations. That's for sure. Uh, the season isn't over yet. There's a lot of football yet, but it's really disappointing. The season is tremendously disappointing from a talent perspective. What they paid players to come back who haven't been able to. Look at the money that Renfro, Waller, and Chandler Jones got. Okay, I think they're all good players. I, I know most of them personally, not well. You know, I would say, I think they know that. You don't think that Hunter Renfro is looking at his stats from last year to this year? You don't think that Chandler Jones, when he walks past Dave Ziegler on the plane, understands what he hasn't done yet? I think that Darren Waller wants to play. 
I think he wants to play. I can't imagine what it's like to be that unique of an athlete and not be near 100%. You know, D- Darren didn't play in the preseason. He didn't play in training camp. Uh, he came along real slowly. He's been injured for the brunt of the year. And I think that Darren being out is probably the biggest problem for the offense. It really is. I mean, I don't know how anybody can argue that. It's either the offensive line is not very good or Darren Waller not playing changes the game plan against the Raiders. And the Raiders really need Darren Waller. They need him because he demands the double team, and he's a speed guy. As Eric Allen told me yesterday on the pregame show, not only can he get open, he can get open easily. When he's in space, when you're playing in between the 20s and Waller is running at full speed, not only can he catch the ball and get open, but then he can move the ball. He can take off and go with it. That's what makes him special. And you don't got Waller there. I thought that Devontae and Waller would demand four of the 11 guys. There'd be a constant safety double team on Devontae. There is. And there'd be a safety over the top on Darren Waller in obvious passing games. And that would leave Renfro open, Hollins open, whoever they were going to go with with the other wide receiver. And that would be a deal. But as now, Waller's inability to play, and it's not his fault. He's injured. So don't take this out of context. But Darren Waller's inability to play has crushed a portion of this offense. Not all of it, but a portion of the offense of what they could be. Hardcore Raider is out in Colorado. Go ahead. Thanks for waiting. Hey, JT. How you doing on this uh, black morning Monday? Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, What's happening? So, um, you know, I, I talked to you last week about, you know, uh, potential of this team was Super Bowl bound or, you know, uh, picking up draft picks. I've been a huge proponent of trying to get two seconds and two thirds, okay? Uh, I've been a huge car supporter, but it's just time. You know, I'm also an Army vet, like the other car that called in. I didn't do 30 years, but you see guys that, you know, in the Army specifically that, you know, you'll see good leaders and bad leaders. Sometimes if you just, you know, kind of stay out of trouble and do your job, you get promoted. But it doesn't mean you're a good leader, okay? The good leaders are the ones that stick their neck out on the line, look out for their players, get the team fired up, and, you know, find a way to push through adversity, and we All right, so let's that. stop we for a second. Hold on. You, are you talking about trading car before tomorrow for draft picks? Is that where you're going? No, 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 we can't. But it's time to move on, dude. He didn't earn his first paycheck or his first contract. He, he wasn't worth $25 million. He's not worth $35 million. It's going to cripple our team. We will not have the money to sign the talent we need for this team, and the Super Bowl is in our home next year. That needs to be us. That's our home. We cannot let someone come in and dominate at our stadium the first stadium that we've waited since 1960 to have our own. Okay, I, I agree. I would agree with that. I would agree with the important. Listen, move on to Derek Carr. Okay, so 35 million. Okay, so what do you want to do? Do you want to trade him or not pick up his contract at the end of the year when you can get out of it? What do you What do you specifically want to do? That's my show. I need specifics. Yeah, there's three quarterbacks: Grayson McCall, Anthony Richardson. Well, there's more than that: Anthony Richardson or uh, Garrett Schrader. They're all value picks. Somebody to develop or, or, or whatever. But then how are we going to go to the Super Bowl? You just told me you want to go to the Super Bowl next year. How are you going to go to the Super Bowl with rookies or guys no one's ever heard of? You can't pay a guy $35 million a year that's playing. Okay. I'm a gr- I'm a, okay. Okay. So let, let's follow up and finish it. You don't have to do it on my show, but finish your thought at home with your buddies at the bar. You don't have an answer to what I'm asking you. If you want to get rid of Carr, you have two options. Trade him by tomorrow to a team that would take him and give the Raiders value. Hold on to him to the end of the year. Keep him and pay him the money that's due to him or cut him. And then what do you do with the quarterback situation? 
you, you would say the obvious answer would be we draft Bryce Young, we go and draft one of these quarterbacks, which you better believe is a real topic because the Raiders could have a top three pick and you can get an elite young quarterback. But don't think you're going to the Super Bowl. You're going to have a rebuild at the quarterback position with a star young quarterback, and that's a different conversation. And maybe McDaniels can build that quarterback. Thank you. But again, it's a classic example. You just can't throw stuff up against the wall on this show. If you want to make a move at the quarterback position, your options are rookie and rebuild the quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, or you go with Carr further. That's it, right? I know everybody's passionate today, but you got to have something that makes sense on the back end of your call. Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle, number nine closing in, he scores! It's an overtime winner, Jack Eichel, two to one Golden Knights with six seconds to go. Eichel sets up the game tying goal, scores the overtime winner. Vegas two, Winnipeg one, and the Knights are eight and two in their first ten games under Bruce Cassidy. Love it. Way to go, Golden Knights. Shane Knighty going to join us on the show this week. Excited for that. And I'm also excited for Seamus Power claiming his second PGA Tour victory. He is a mainstay in Vegas now from Ireland, but the key is he's always here in town. He's at one stake with my buddy J.O.D. and the Irish Army, and it's just incredible the way he came through. At the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, Port Royal Golf Course in Southampton, he wins. He's going to be able to attack the tour. He is climbing up the leaderboard. I love everything about him. He's a good man, and he's Vegas-bound. People love him here in Vegas. You know, we got a lot of celebrities who live in Vegas, a lot of guys who win. The Dropkick Murphys did a song for Seamus for winning. It's at the PGA Tour site. You can see it there. So, again... To Seamus Power, congratulations on your second PGA Tour win. He listens to the show. We know him. He's in Vegas all the time, and he's moving the needle in golf. Love to see the success story. It true, truly is. No more Corn Ferry, and I love the Corn Ferry. This is about the PGA next stop winning major championships. Bobby, thanks for the show today. If we didn't get to you, and we thought we did a hell of a job today on the aftermath. If we're going to have to do this an extra day, for the callers we couldn't get to to get this off your chest on the Raiders' loss. And life's really difficult if the Raiders don't beat Jacksonville. So this is going to be a very difficult Tuesday to Friday. We're going to be accountable. We're going to be here for all the shows. We're going to have a great lineup and great guest here. But I don't want the whole week to be negative. Every guest, every insider, every call. Hopefully something positive comes out of this experience because that was one of the worst football games played in the history of this organization in the regular season and it can't happen again so let's not see it happen again build on it have that bonding moment as i said all last week they're going to get they're in sarasota at img i was on the last time they went on that trip before the dolphin game let's go come together as a team have the leaders and the coaches put a game plan together to reward the raider fans many who went to new orleans who will go to jacksonville in that region of the country Q's on deck. I'll be on tonight's Sirius XM Mad Dog World Series tonight. So a pretty busy time here. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe with the kids. 
Be super safe driving. Have a great, safe Halloween here in Vegas. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. Good to go. All right. Thank you.